So may I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot of content there, right? You've had the whole of Romans um, 13 and 14. Um, we've had the reading from Matthew, uh, the video. Um, and so um, I'm going to do what pilots do when the plane's running late. And they say, I'll make up some time in the air. Um, and I'm going to shorten what I'm going to say a little bit. Um, because uh, Romans 13 and Romans 14 are both worthy of at least 30 minutes of preaching. Um, and, uh, and then Matthew is another 30 minutes. Um, and then we could all sit and have a conversation about unity, and we'd be here till 12 o'clock. So this will be a bit of an overview, and those of you in life groups will get to look in a bit more detail um, at Romans 13 and 14. Um, we're getting near the end of our Roman series. If you're, if you're joining us um, partway through, there's this week, and then next week is the last week. Um, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Uh, so there's two readings, um, 13 and 14. Um, pretty much chapter 13 is saying um, we need to be good citizens in society. And then chapter 14 is saying we need to work together for unity of the church. So I could just stop there. That's the summary. I won't. Um, so, what does it mean to be citizens in society? So, if you think back to the Romans 13, which was the first bit of the reading that we heard, um, Paul is calling the church in Rome to submit themselves to authorities. And that must have been challenging. Uh, just raise a hand if you ever have any issue in submitting to authorities, be it the government, the CRA, the city, the province, your boss... Your mother, your father, <laughs> your children. <laughs> Many of us have issues. And um, so the question, I guess, that they had in Rome was, well, well, okay, now we've become Christians. Do we still have to abide by all the laws and all the things um, that are being set out by the Roman authorities? And uh, that must have been even more challenging than it is for us today. Uh, I have to be careful what I say because we're being live streamed. But you know, th there was a time when um, the government, um, say in Rome, they may not have been entirely okay. There might have been a bit of corruption going on. I wouldn't want to say that that happens ever uh, today anywhere in the world because we're being live streamed. Um, but you know, um, back then certainly there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, that was not good. And so how could you honor and respect those in authority? Some people may have some of those questions today and may have had them indeed through the last few years. How do we make sure we honor and respect authority even in the times when we think authority is barking mad? That's a technical theological expression. Paul says we're to give them what is owed. So if that's taxes, we're to pay them our taxes. If it's honor, we're to give them our honor. If it's respect, we're to give them our respect. How do we make sure we're doing that? How do we get the balance? I'm going to ask more questions than answers today, and we have coffee afterwards, and you can work out the answers among yourselves. But how do we work out the balance between um, challenging authority and, um, and, and respecting authority? Um, shall I give an example that's not too political? 
So in the last week or so, um, Maple Ridge has been announced as having a new bus service to Langley. Now, as someone whose background was in transport, I would argue I'm not really sure we need a new bus service to Langley. I think we need a fast bus service to Vancouver. But the reason we don't have a fast bus service to Vancouver is because TransLink want to work on connectivity, linking up the network, not in working out the fastest journey times from A to B. Because you and I all know that if we got a coach and it ran from Haney Place to Vancouver, on a good day it would take about an hour. On a bad day it would be a bit more. But the authorities have determined they want to make the SkyTrain work in Langley. So what they're going to do is feed a bus to Langley from Maple Ridge which will take us longer to get from Haney Place to Vancouver as we could now with the rapid bus. So there we go. Um, a bit technical, but just an example. So what do I do with that? Well, I'm not trying to use this sermon as my soapbox. I need to write a letter, don't I? And maybe that's what we need to do. We need to write a letter or, or, or fill in an email, or in my case, join the TransLink survey panel and say, you know, what people really need is to get from A to B as fast as they can we can use the gifts we have, uh, and that's a particular area of knowledge that I have, so that's something I can do. For you, it will be something else. But we can use the gifts we have to appropriately challenge, in the right ways, the authorities. But what we shouldn't do is be seen as overly challenging for the sake of it. I don't need to tell you, but I will, that Christians have sometimes got themselves into a bad state for overly challenging in sometimes wacky ways. Another theological statement. How do we find the right way to appropriately challenge the authority while still respecting and honoring? Because frankly, when they build that new bus service to Langley, I'm going to try it. As citizens in society, it doesn't mean we should accept everything that is going on without questioning. But it does mean we should respect and honor those in authority. We should get educated in the matters that interest us so that we can ask the questions. We're called to be good citizens in society to make a difference in the world. Why? Because that helps us in the, in, the, in the work of building the kingdom of God here in earth. Because the kingdom is here. It is here. It's not fully here, um, but it is here. And so how can we play our part in building that kingdom, even here in Maple Ridge? So I said I'd be quick. Second point, we're members of the church. We're citizens in society. We are members of the church. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. Paul is talking a lot about food. Put your hand up if you like food. Only eight people. I, I was, yeah, okay. It's not a trick question. Um, a lot of us like food. And he was talking about food, and there was a lot of riddles. And if you haven't come across um, the conversations about what kinds of food we should eat or drink in the Bible, um, then uh, um, now you have. Um, 
in the Old Testament, we know that there were sacrifices that were made, and then that food, um, various things happened to it afterwards. But of course, in the Roman times, um, there were questions about, well, um, what if this food has been sacrificed to the wrong God, or something like that? And Paul is addressing the debate by basically saying, just stop worrying about it. Stop judging each other on whether this person is um, avoiding meat um, or, or this person's avoiding something else. He said, we should make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. So what does that look like? It means trying to find ways to come together as the body of Christ, as the church. As we saw in the video uh, about conversation between Anglicans and Catholics. So I, I think if I was to ask in the church, and I won't do this, don't worry, if I was to ask what denomination do you think you are, I'm sure I would get all sorts of different answers. And people around you may also think different things of you. Um, I've been accused of not being very Anglican before, um, normally by people who think I'll be offended by that. And, and I say, great. Um, it's kind of fun. Uh, why did you get ordained as an Anglican, they say. I felt called to be in a church and make a difference. Um, we're called to preach the gospel afresh in each generation. Uh, and so, we're all here a great example, I think, of the body of Christ. We all have different views on all sorts of things, and some of those views matter. Jesus Christ died on the cross on Good Friday to take away our sins, and he rose on Easter Day. And so we are forgiven people, we are resurrection people. But what the pastor wears, or um, exactly what hymns we sing, or exactly what prayers we use, or exactly what shade of green we use behind, or that it's green at all, that stuff doesn't matter as much. And that really is what Paul is saying. We need to have peace and unity, recognizing that we're all different. There are some things, absolutely, that matter. But a lot of stuff really doesn't. And as we grow in faith and grow in grace with each other, we hopefully by the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit in us, becoming more Christ-like, are able to sit back and, and, and just see people disagree over something and, and not get involved. Because we know that doesn't matter. And it's not going to build the church up. I wonder what issues are alive for you at the moment that might impact peace and unity in our congregation. We don't want to be a place that's overly lenient, nor a place that's overly judgmental when it comes to issues of Christian living. You heard huge, you know, long lists of examples there in Romans 14 of, of what we should and shouldn't do. We know the stuff. We, we know how to live. Sometimes we might like the answer to be different, but at heart, we know how God is calling us to live. Paul reminds us to act in love in verse 15 and emphasizes the unity of the church over individual need 
or desire. It often comes as a surprise to people when I tell them that I don't love everything that we do in the church because they assume it was all my decision. Sure, there's some things that are my decision, but I'm called to, um, to hold us together as a church, and that means sometimes, no, I would make a different decision. I know we're thinking now, what are the things, David? Can we get into it? And if you are, I'm sorry you missed the point. Because the point is unity and grace and time. You know, it may be there's a certain season for doing something, and that season isn't right now. It could be in three or five years' time. We're called to faithfully live out the gospel in this place. And at times, that means limiting what our own opinions are for the sake of others. The primary truth of the gospel is that Jesus Christ came and lived on earth and went about among us so that we might know God so that we might experience the kingdom of God, the kingdom that has come but has not fully come because we live in the now and the not yet. That's what we're here for. Now, we don't tend to worry about what we eat so much, or whether it's this thing or that thing, although sometimes people ask, well, if a, a meat in a store is halal, are we allowed to eat it? Um, There's a long answer to that, which I'll give you if you're interested, but not now. Um, So these things do come up. But broadly speaking, we don't worry about those things. But as I finish, I'm just going to ask you to, in your head, think of one thing that really annoys you about the church, about the person sitting next to you. And what I'm going to ask you to do with it is to hold your hand out and lay it down. Don't tell them but lay it down. It might be that you don't like the hymns or you don't like the music or you don't like the drum kit or you wish there was an organ or, I mean, I could tell you all the things people have said to me. I'm wearing the wrong clothes. Um, I don't have a collar on. Why have I got red laces on my sneakers? Um, When it's not Pentecost and they should be green because it's ordinary season, some people are bothered about that. You know, why does the church not stand up and make pronouncements about this or this or the other? What is it for you that you need to lay down so that we, as the body of Christ, can be more united? What is it for you that you need to lay down so we can take a step back and say, you know, God's got this. God's got this. So we'll keep silence as you think of that thing. And I'll pray. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we lay down those things that are an issue for us. Would you help us to grow in grace and faith? Would you send your spirit?
to help us to be people of peace and unity and joy in that same Holy Spirit. Would you help us to be citizens in society? For there is no authority except that which God has established. Help us to get the balance right between submitting to and respecting authority and to taking a stand. Help us to be people of grace who as we go, live and share the good news of Jesus so that others may ask us to give an account for the hope that is within us. Amen. Amen. We are going to pray.